0: Hello and welcome back to Series 2 of the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr. Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental well-being. Each episode I interview a different knitter about why they knit and how it benefits their mental health. For the first episode of Series 2, I'm delighted to be joined by Megan Fernandez and Lydia Gluck, the founders and creative directors of Pom Pom Magazine. As you'll probably be able to tell, I'm a big fan of Pom Pom. You can find links to all of the yarns and the patterns we discuss and to Pompom Pom Magazine in the show notes. So hi, Megan and Lydia, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having us. Hi. Oh,
0: hi, you're welcome. I wonder if it's helpful just for audio purposes for you each to just introduce yourself so people know from your accents. <laughs>
2: Hi, yes, Um. my name is Lydia and you can tell that I'm British and that's probably the
1: main way that you're going to be able to tell the difference between Megan and I. <laughs> yep, and I'm Megan and I'm here in Austin, Texas uh, with my American accent.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's early in the morning for you, Megan.
1: Yeah, it's eight o'clock in the morning, but I have already had plenty to do today so I'm happy to I'm I'm happy to to be here at eight o'clock in the morning
0: (laughs) (laughs) super well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast um I always start with asking um where your story with knitting began personally um I don't know Megan do you want to start
1: sure um I learned to knit from my my boyfriend's mother when I was in high school so when I was 16 and um I wanted to learn and she was eager to teach me and um i just spent a couple of days on her sofa with her helping me when i needed it and um and yeah she she made me knit a whole sweater as my first project wow. so uh it was a good introduction do you still have it i have parts of it i ended up um as you can imagine as the first project it did not turn out wonderfully so I have sort of parts of it um repurposed into different things so I still have the yarn Mm -hmm. um it's found a knife elsewhere yes (laughs) did you carry on knitting straight away yeah I did I think um yeah uh well I was 16 then and then you know a couple of couple years later I went to um university and um I definitely was knitting there um, so, yeah, I've never really stopped since then.
0: Great, and how about you, Lydia well i I'm
2: pretty sure that my mom did teach me to knit when I was little, maybe like seven or eight, something like that, but it didn't really stick then um so I kind of I properly started knitting when I was at university, so I was like I think nineteen or twenty, and it happened because my one of my housemates at the time had taken up knitting and she was making a garter stitch scarf as as people do often when they start not megan of course megan made a jump but,
0: uh... <laughs> <I laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but um uh yeah my so this friend of mine jess was knitting and i was like oh that you know i'll have a go on that and um not long after then i went home for i think maybe an easter or summer holiday back to wales where i grew up and um it was raining as it often does in wales and so mm-hmm. i just sort of spent quite a lot of time inside teaching myself to knit and in retrospect it's really weird that I didn't ask my mum or my granny to just show me how but it didn't really occur to me so I just taught myself um from a book and I think haven't really stopped for very long since then it kind of it yeah I was pretty pretty into it straight away
0: Hmm. and I know Lydia from listening to the the POMcast that you're generally a creative person so I'm assuming you tried lots of different creative uh hobbies what do you think made knitting stick I don't know if it is the main one for you
2: um I mean actually I I learned to crochet so when I was teaching myself to knit the book that I bought myself uh had both crochet and knitting and uh crochet I found a lot easier to start with so I'd sort of started off with crochet but learned to knit not long afterwards um yeah I mean I think um especially when I was at university and, um, you know, maybe didn't have loads of space and loads of access to, you know, because I wasn't at art school. I didn't have access to, um, you know, facilities there. Knitting is, you know, it's small, it's portable. um, It's something that you can um, kind of pick up and put down quite easily without having to make a lot of space for it. And I think, especially when I was living in shared houses, perhaps that's why it stuck. But also I just think I found it really, addictive and it's kind of hard to say why isn't it why some things are just kind of click but I think there was just something about it um I mean I've always loved clothes and had a lot of fun with colors and clothes so I think the fact that I was able to make myself little things to wear or things for my friends um uh was a lot of fun and I think there's just something about the repetitive nature of it that obviously I found quite appealing
0: Mm. how about you Megan why do you think it stuck
1: (laughs) um well I agree you know there's something about knitting um and crochet um the like portability of it and being able to multitask I think Mm. is um really appealing because I can I I think because I knit so much and it was so addictive early on that I quickly learned how to read and knit at the same time or watch TV or listen to a podcast or sit on the bus or, you know, you can always do something else while you're doing it. And it, um, I think that's really appealing. Um, and it makes you feel productive and like you've accomplished something um, even when you're standing in line at the post office or something like that. So. Do you think you're um,
0: a, a natural multitasker? Because I suppose I, I think for myself, <laughs> for myself, <laughs> I think my brain likes to, it will kind of go freelancing if I'm just sitting yes. watching a Zoom training or something. I feel yes. like it really helps me to be able to knit then.
1: Yeah. I mean, yesterday, you know, uh, at Pom Pom, our team had a big meeting that could have been quite boring. <laughs> It was sort of about statistics from, you know, all of our different um, areas of expertise from sales to social media, you know, all of the different things. And, um, and a lot of us were, I think Lydia was darning, I was crocheting during that meeting. And um, yeah, I think it's really useful to, to allow your brain to kind of relax and let the information in
0: must be so nice to be not a not the only person doing it which is never I've never experienced being on a, a uh, training when I wasn't the only person knitting and I guess the other thing is there to be a basic assumption that you can still be paying attention when you're
1: yeah when you're doing yeah that. yes yeah no it's nice because I, I feel like I did um do knitting in um university like during lectures or whatever and be the only one and you sort of get You know, people who don't understand are like, are they really paying attention? You know, Um, but yeah, it's pretty standard at Pom Pom.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It'd be lovely to hear about how your knitting stories then collided and created Pom Pom Magazine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it was 10 years ago now, right? Happy birthday. Um, Thanks. I think 10 years, like we started talking about it in January, 10 years ago. So like down to the month, probably. Yeah um we worked together at um the knitting shop loop in London was that at Cross yeah. street
0: in the first location yeah in the little
1: one because
0: I actually we kept, used to come in there I lived around the corner
1: at the time oh, well <laughs> you probably saw one of us <laughs> yeah um and then Lydia went to Mexico for a while um and lived there and then when you came back I was pretty much like let's do something <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, but we had both, um, recently finished MAs and Lydia's was in linguistics and mine was in English literature. And, um, we were, I guess, both kind of at loose, loose ends. I don't know if that's true for you, but, um, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. Um, and yeah, we kind of decided that we wanted a creative project. Um, and, Working in the shop was lovely and so inspiring. Um, and we saw a lot of magazines coming through and saw that there wasn't really something that was that really spoke to us. So we decided to kind of do it kind of as an experiment, I feel like. And then it like went really well. Yeah,
2: I think we didn't <laughs> um, I feel like we went into it. Yeah. Like you say, like an experiment or kind of like a creative project, like we didn't sort of launch a big branded business we didn't really have you didn't like have a, a business plan we didn't have a business <laughs> plan um, and I feel like we've said quite a lot since that perhaps it's good that we didn't think it through too much because we might have been overwhelmed by hmm. I'm, in fact I'm pretty sure we we would have been overwhelmed by the amount of work it was going to be and about the amount of things that we didn't know about publishing I mean Megan had a bit of a background in publishing and and you know we had people we could talk to and we did the research we needed to do and like Megan said you know we were in the in the shop kind of seeing what was going on in the knitting world at well in that kind of corner of the knitting world um but yeah it was it was uh, yeah I'm it's amazing that it's been 10 years.
0: Mm. Well, I'm really glad you did. I think sometimes <laughs> I think that happens with knitting, like that you, I don't know, if I look back on, I think, what was I doing starting that really ambitious project or thinking I could knit this thing without a pattern that I would never do now that I know more about how these things work. But because I was naive and didn't know any better, I just went for it. And actually, sometimes, I mean, certainly in your case of Pom, Pom Magazine, it's, it's worked out, I think, guys. <laughs> 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 um. I'd love to hear more about I know Megan when we spoke about setting up the interview you said that you guys often talk about uh you know the role of knitting on mental well-being and that you that's something you guys feel strongly about I'd love to hear a bit more about how you think knitting benefits your mental health Lydia do you want to start sure yeah um
2: yeah it's definitely something that we have both Megan and I have spoken about and we as a team and then it's also something that comes up a lot in conversations about knitting with people I know who don't knit. Um, I think there's probably been a bit more awareness recently about um, the benefits of doing things like knitting. Um, But for myself personally, I um, I think what we spoke about already, you know, that kind of if you're somebody who maybe finds it hard to sit still and concentrate on something, it can be a really nice way to kind of quiet that part of your brain that's quite sort of fidgety like I'm a real like fidgeter by nature like if I'm not knitting I'm probably like fiddling with my hair relentlessly or something like it's not I can't seem to keep my hands still (laughs) so it kind of I think um, that's good because it allows me to concentrate better and then to feel better subsequently about kind of myself I think because it can be quite hard I think it's easy to be hard on yourself if you're um, struggling to concentrate on something and if you can find a way to manage that like whichever way works for you and for me for example knitting or crochet works then that's that's positive um and I just feel like it's that nice feeling of being able to see your time so Mm. you can kind of see you know like maybe you didn't get up to much over the last couple of weeks um for whatever reason maybe you didn't want to or just you know nothing really came up that you wanted to make plans for um it's it's kind of nice to be able to look back and be like oh yeah I made you know maybe I started a pair of socks or maybe I even finished them or maybe I just decided on some colors for something that I want to make and it kind of gives shape to time in that way which I think can be quite um, reassuring.
0: Hmm. And for you does it matter what your what it is you knit does is all knitting equal?
2: Um, (laughs) I think yeah I think um the way that I knit has changed over the years. And I think it used to be that I would quite often want to make really challenging things. Um, And nowadays, at least at the moment, you know, that could change again, but at the moment, I feel like I mainly am drawn to knitting things that I find relatively straightforward. So for example, I could listen to something at the same time um, or be doing something else at the same time. So in that way, it kind of matters, like gauging what kind of project I want to make you know, like what, what kind of um, energy do I have at the moment? Um, and I guess I like, there are certain things that I just really love. I just love making socks. So in okay. that way, I'm just like big fan of making socks. I'm always constantly making socks. Um, and I really like making, um, yeah, things I can wear, I suppose, for want of a better way of putting it. Will you think more
0: about the end product or more about the process of like, like for me, I, think more about the process I think the more I knit I'll think I need to do some color work or I need to do some cables and then I'll find something that fits that that I always want but
1: yeah
2: Yeah. I mean I think it's a balance I think that for me like I obviously this this feeling that um, what I want from my knitting at the moment is something a bit steadier and less challenging Mm. that will kind of inform what I decide to make um, because it might be that I'm drawn to a certain pattern but I just think you know what maybe now now isn't the right time and I'll come back to that when I'm feeling Mm. a bit more um, ambitious
1: yeah how about you Megan Um, well I feel like there's so many parts of it Um, like Lydia was saying about that feeling of being at a loose end or if you're not really getting up to much which I think a lot of us can relate to in the last couple years Mm. but I remember before we started Pom Pom and before I kind of um, I don't want to say figured out what I was doing with my life because I don't know that I've still done that. But like, you know, when I, I didn't have a job and I was, um, I was really, you know, kind of aimless um, knitting and, you know, in fact, on Ravelry like cataloging my projects and, you know, like having that sense of accomplishment every day was, was um, I think really good for me. Um and the sense of community that came from that, even though a lot of it was online at the time, um, was was really helpful. Um, I will say there have been different times in my life where something's going on with a friend, or even with with me, or so you know, like um, big life changes. So if someone has been ill, or even died, or um, having a baby, you know, whatever it is, sometimes <clears throat> knitting either for them or not even for them, but just sort of like processing that information while you're making something is really helpful. Mm. Um, And it's almost like a form of release or a way of just, um, yeah, working through that information, but like physically um, Mm. with your hands and creating something out of that. Um, And even if it's something that I've just kept for myself or whatever, it's still really helpful. But yeah, I think one of the main, um, benefits of, of knitting, um, to my mental health is like color and, Mm -hmm. um, being able to play with color and, you know, you can be so specific about what colors you are using and what you're going to be looking at for like hours and hours and hours. Um, I feel like color really has a huge impact on my personal mental health and so I, um,
0: so you were saying that color is a big part of um why knitting feels therapeutic because you get to kind of combine different colors and I think that's a really good point that you actually have a long relationship with the or I do um knitting project yeah. when it's in <laughs> your hands because <laughs> I'm yeah. not necessarily that fast but I might decide oh I really want like a yellow jumper or something and that cheers me up while I'm yeah. working on it and then yeah. afterwards too how about you yeah. Lydia which about is color fun.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a a huge that's like pretty much my favorite thing ever anyway. And so to be able to (laughs) to work with color in knitting is just one of the great joys. And actually, I think, you know, there's there's exactly what Megan said, where it's like there's a an aspect of processing things. um, And it's, you know, it's kind of a meditative thing in a lot of ways. But there's also an aspect of distraction And I think that that's okay. Like, I think a certain amount of distraction, like, you know, not a kind of pathological amount where you're ignoring things, but just, you know, if there's a lot going on and things are uh, tough for whatever reason, then sometimes it's just really nice to like take a moment if you can and just be like, oh, I really like the way those two colours look together and just allow yourself to kind of get involved in something that you do have control over. Yeah. To a certain extent. You know, obviously we've all had projects go wrong and continue to do so, but even when they go wrong, you can unravel them and 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 you know, have another go and that in itself is like I find really comforting. And so I think sometimes it's quite nice to just be like I'm just I'm just going to think about this for a little bit mm. and pause the other things.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And actually it's not something that's come up I don't think in the podcast so far, but I think certainly in um, you know, Coronavirus times, I felt there have been times where I felt like I needed something that was within my control. And that was to choose some sparkly navy blue yarn for socks with little flashes of rainbows that I could be in control of when everything else was big and scary and not in my control at all. Yeah.
1: I think it's a really good point about um, the unraveling because I was talking mm-hmm. to some uh, quilters recently and I was like, oh, sewing freaks me out. Cause like, you know, once you cut into that fabric, you can't go back. So it's something particular about knitting and crochet where there is that reassurance that you can just unravel it and start over again. That's really nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been running therapeutic knitting groups and that's something, you know, we've been practicing the idea of making safe mistakes <laughs> that in knitting, unless you get the scissors out, um, you know, you really have got always what you started with, <laughs> even if it goes terribly wrong. Um, yeah, and I felt the same about sewing. Actually, I did start dressmaking, and the idea of cutting into the fabric—there's no going back from that, is there? <laughs> and I think also with your point about portability, um, I think after having children, that certainly made knitting more accessible for me because I could knit in five minutes when you—I wasn't ever sure how long a nap was going to last. Whereas to get a sewing machine out, or I guess with other hobbies like I don't know art or things, there might be more things you can't take around with you i suppose like you can with knitting yeah
1: i agree (laughs) what kind of knitting i mean i i was able to knit while i was you know feeding the baby that you know early on which is huge (laughs)
0: good skills good commitment (laughs) (laughs) and what kind of things are you drawn to megan in terms of um like at the moment in terms of what knitting floats your boat right now
1: um, I agree with Lydia that I like to knit things that I can wear. Um, I, I do make things for my kids, but they don't appreciate them as much as I do. <laughs> sure. So, uh, um, I am, I'm not like monogamous, um, sure. with the types of things that I knit. Um, but I've been doing a lot more crochet recently. Mm-hmm. I do like to make garments, even though in Texas, I don't need them that oh, yeah. Often. <laughs> Um, but living here has meant that, um, I'm experimenting with other like plant fibers and figuring out, um, what I can wear in Texas when it's hot. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um, everything, (laughs) but I have been on a little bit of a sweater kick this since August. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. And do you mind what type, like I can see you're wearing color work at the moment. Mm -hmm. like in terms of right now I mean does it matter to you no it doesn't matter
1: (laughs) um but I think I'm into projects with more than one color at the moment because it's really fun
0: yeah so you like combining together as
1: well yeah and I've gotten to a point now where um I shouldn't really buy yarn so um not having a sweater quantity of um one color means that um, have to figure out how to mix it together
0: okay yeah just an added challenge yeah yeah and how much I suppose in terms of thinking about the benefits to your mental health how much is that also true of the things that you've made if you're making garments like and then wearing them afterwards because I suppose for me I feel like I still get a, a boost to my mood on days when I can wear something I've made and maybe people also notice and ask about it and I don't know about you guys
2: um yeah no I think uh well yeah because I guess you know like we've been saying color is one of the for us at least one of the great joys of knitting and making things and so if you've chosen a color and like I tend to sort of stay in love with colors you know Mm -hmm. like I I might like find new colors that I love but it's pretty rare for me to change my mind about and and no longer like one okay So you know if I've if I've chosen a color for a jumper or whatever it is a pair of socks or a hat that every time I wear it I'm just like I love this color and i it's also just a nice feeling to have made something that you know that you wanted then you you got to make it and maybe you have a nice connection to the yarn in some way or to the pattern in some way or like maybe you have memories of when you were making it and like who was around or who you were talking to and it kind of brings all of that back and also selfishly I like it when people are like oh my god I love your jumper did you make it and then you're like yeah and it's I always say that winter like as it starts to get cold I'm like at least for the kind of uh, more traditional British knitting, you know, making jumpers and so on, less uh, less um, plant fibres. Um, it's just a great season. <laughs> it's a great season for compliments. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think that's there's anything wrong with that. I think that's great to feel like you get a little boost from somebody saying, "Oh, you're so clever to have made that." Because <laughs> it's not even just that you look nice; it's also, and that's an it. Even it better takes, compliment. Yeah, really.
2: it kind of it, it takes the focus away from uh from how you look sort of you know like it. I don't know it feels like a compliment that I can more easily take on board I think Mm. if someone says like oh my god you know if someone knows I'm an itter and they're like oh did you make that jumper and I did and that just like "Mm, yes I feel good about this
0: yeah how about you Megan with your relationship with the finished articles
1: yeah I mean as soon as it did get cold enough here to to wear sweaters um somebody in in the line to pick up my kids was like your sweater and I was like it's my time (laughs) like this is our season (laughs) um but yeah it feels it feels great and I think one of the great things about knitting is that you can make exactly what you want so like I've never seen another sweater that looks like mine you know in these colors and um this design and it's exactly what i intended you know and I think that's really satisfying um especially if you are particular about what you wear um uh then being able to make that vision come true is really satisfying Mm.
0: yeah that's brilliant thank you um I'd love to ask each of you about a significant knitting project so that could be you can interpret that however you like like could be something you've made could be I don't know one of the pom-pom designs or I know you've both designed haven't you for pom-pom
1: um I think I have an answer yeah I do you, Lydia do you remember the um the mittens with the color outline I don't remember I do. what we Yes. Mo. Yeah. (laughs) We kind of figured those out together. And, um, that was a really satisfying process. It was like a really, they look really simple, but in order to do them, we had to do like an Estonian technique where you go. So it's a plain colored mitten, but it has like an outline all around the edge. And, um, so they look very simple, but I was like, I want mittens that look like this, but I can't figure out how to like make it happen. But Lydia had read this um Estonian knitting technique book and was like I think it might work like this and so we like figured it out together and it was a really um satisfying uh fun thing to figure out um and I think that for designing figuring out how to do something um that's not always immediately obvious is really fun.
0: Mm, So you like the kind of challenge element of it? yeah yeah how about you Lydia can you think of a significant project
2: yeah I think so I mean I have two things come to mind one of them is um my quadrillion jumper which is a uh, a jumper that or a sweater that um Megan designed for issue six of pom-pom so that's now you know eight and a half years ago or something like quite a long time <laughs> ago and yeah. I um made myself a version of it in um in the same yarn actually as the original and in the uncommon thread bfl but mine's in oh I think it's called meadow grass and it's like a kind of limey greeny color and I think I just I really loved making that jumper because it's quite a good combination of like there's um lots and lots of different cables on the front of the jumper so it's like quite you know you're kind of paying attention while you're while you're doing that part um but then for the rest it's moss stitch and sort of a bit more straightforward so it's got like this great combination of challenging and more mindless knitting but I think it was just at the time something I was really proud of because it was like exactly what I wanted and it was just really lovely that Megan had designed it and then I got to wear it and it was kind of part of pom-pom um and then the other thing I was going to say is maybe Woodwardia um when I made and designed that because that was something I'd been sort of had had in the back of my mind for quite a long time mm-hmm. um it's a kind of raglan jumper with a sort of pearl stitch design on the raglan and then that led to me working on the raglan book that we published a couple of years ago wait okay so a couple of years ago
1: now I think it, it was, was in 2020 <laughs> that we published it but maybe maybe it's like a year and a
2: half ago <clears throat> yeah. um but I think I that book was something that I really loved creating and I and that jumper was the kind of start of it hmm.
0: okay great so it was a jumper and a kind of I don't know foot into the book
2: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah.
0: and it's something that I still
2: wear quite a lot as is quadrillion so they're both they're both things that have remained like kind of staples in my wardrobe
0: mm-hmm um, I wonder if I could take the opportunity, just um in terms of my fanness of Pom Pom magazine, just to say about how pom-pom <laughs> was kind of pivotal in my knitting journey as well. <laughs> um, I had been a knitter. I started knitting, so I like you, Lydia, had learnt to knit when I was seven and had some Donald Duck needles and made a very tight and very holy blanket for a mouse and then had stopped. And then um, my mum taught me when I was doing my doctorate because she said I needed to do something that was not related to psychology. And then was kind of knitting, but that was pre... I mean, it wasn't pre the actual internet, but it was pre-YouTube or anything like that. So I'd learnt from a book. And then years later, so it was about 2016 probably, I taught a whole group of people at work to knit because we were making kind of blankets for somebody who'd had babies. And so then I taught some kind of slightly younger people to knit. And the first thing they did was to look on the internet, like, and go on Instagram. And I had not thought there was anything on Instagram for me. because I thought it was about celebrities and diets, or I don't know what I heard. about. <laughs> and then I, she was like, oh, look, there's all this cool stuff. And that was how I discovered Pom, Pom Magazine, which really started me on a different trajectory of kind of knitting garments. I made a Vellame sweater and various other projects and, I think it had a, made a big difference feeling like learning about this Instagram community and learning that there were more, I don't know, patterns out there of things that I actually could see myself wearing um, that I had no idea that existed because I'd learned to knit before any of that was there, I suppose.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's so lovely.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it's always so lovely to hear. Um... I
0: guess you guys hear a lot of stories about knitting. Do you hear about, I don't know, do other people tell you about knitting and how it's impacted people's mental health? Is that something you hear about often?
2: That is a good question. And I'm finding it weirdly difficult to answer. I feel like <laughs> within, within my work life, you know, because I think at the moment my work life is obviously very uh, knitting related, Yeah. so. <laughs> um, but actually outside of my work life, I don't talk to that many knitters. Mm. Um so not so much, but more what happens is I often have exchanges where people kind of ask me about where the knitting is. like they sort of they want my stories about knitting, I suppose.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, which seems like a shame. I feel like'm I'm, I'm lacking in other people's knitting stories.
1: We get sent um proposals for people's personal stories about okay. about knitting has helped their mental health, mm. which um obviously we can't publish them all, but I feel like we do get a fair few um mm. people reaching out to us with their with their stories about how it's been healing after like an injury or an illness or a major life change or yes. Yeah, you're so all, right. You know, I think yeah uh, yeah I think
2: the word story for some reason I was like imagining people talking in real life and that I could not I get
1: <laughs> people
0: do that anymore. Yeah I mean no was my answer. So yeah. <laughs>
1: um but you know we published a story about um a friend of ours whose recovery from um alcoholism um was really um helped by his learning to knit yes Um, I read that one lovely I can't remember what issue that is now but it's a great story yeah um but I actually I have a one of my oldest friends um recently had really terrible uh she broke her back and um, has been recovering from that and multiple surgeries and she's actually a surgeon herself and she's finding it very hard to to lie around (laughs) Um, doing nothing basically Mm. and uh, anyway I sent her a copy of our beginner's book and some yarn and needles and now she's like She's been staying at her mom's while she's been recovering. She's like, as soon as I get home, I'm turning my guest room into a craft room. Like she's a total convert now. Wow. Um, and it's been it's I mean, she texts me every day showing her progress. And, you know, it's gotten a lot better as she's been going on. And I think it has given her a sense of um, like purpose and yeah. um, direction um, in in a time when she's been kind of struggling. That's um, brilliant. So.
0: And it must be a really hard time to think, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this, but that, this I can do. And I guess being a surgeon, she's a high achiever. She's going to go with it.
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a high achiever. So she's a little hard on herself at first, but um, I think, I think it's been good, good for her too.
0: Great. Uh, that I think it is really powerful that you, like you said, you can see and touch your progress yeah it makes it easier to notice doesn't it and I actually just was writing a a blog for somebody else about you know the therapeutic benefits of craft and one of my things my three top tips was to show and tell <laughs> so I think when we're adults we're not that good at showing and telling we get out of the habit you know kids do it all the time they draw a picture and they immediately want to show you but I think yeah. having someone you can text even if it's two rows of knitting text a picture and they'll say yeah. well done that does make a difference doesn't it it does yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: has your relationship with the knitting changed since it's I guess it's been your job for a long time now but I don't know whether you ever feel like I don't know it feels too much like work now or not really
2: um not the actual knitting itself you know because our jobs are you know knitting (laughs) related I mean they're pretty much all about knitting but actually making things I mean it's not not part of our job but that's not the main thing that we're doing when we're working for pom-pom. And I think um I think my knitting, my relationship to knitting has changed over the past 10 years, but I think it's not entirely to do with my job. I think it's more to do with more general shifts in life. And it's actually knitting has been a real constant. It's quite amazing how much, you know, I had to take a break from it at the beginning of last year because I got repetitive strain injury in my elbows, which was really difficult actually, because I remember just thinking we're just about to go into a lockdown here. And I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, how am I gonna do, you know, I'm not allowed to go out and about and like that and quite right, but you know, what, what like, <laughs> I was like almost quite panicked. Yeah. Um, but aside from that break, I've very steadily knitted. And if anything, pom pom adds uh like positive dimension to knitting because it means that um you know like you see people sending in submissions or you see like a new yarn that you haven't worked with yet and it kind of keeps the excitement I think.
1: I think when we first started the problem was that we didn't have enough time to knit (laughs) (laughs) because we were always we were like oh we started this knitting magazine and now we have no time to knit because we're always working on it but um, but we've you know we've got lots of um colleagues now that mm. <laughs> make it so that we do have more time to knit. But yeah, you're right. I I've never fallen out of love with knitting on this uh trajectory. Great. And um yeah, I'm constantly inspired.
0: Um the last question I always ask is about the greatest gift that knitting has given you for the rest of your life. Any thoughts? It's Lydia.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: What a great answer! <laughs> I mean, other people can't get one. I say,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would say, yeah, the greatest gift has been Megan and the people that we work with, because yeah. Um,
0: I guess you get to curate your own team now. Yeah, 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 yeah. of cool people.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the first yeah, we question do. on the application form. <laughs> Oh, are yeah, you cool, cool. <laughs> That's been cool. Yeah. be cool yeah um, be
0: yeah so you're kind of do you mean like your relationships more than like pom- pom or both?
1: yeah, I like, um, I'm like it would be sad if pom-pom ended, but it would be sadder if Lydia and I ended, you know <laughs> sure, yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's yeah.
2: I think there are it's there are lots of kinds of partnerships in life and I think a creative partnership is a kind that maybe doesn't get discussed as much and actually I think it's really lucky that we met each other when we did and that we happened to both be like a little bit at a loose end and have quite a similar you know we have similar vision and taste for pom-pom but it's not the same and that's really important
1: Mm.
2: and I think that without Megan I definitely wouldn't have been able to achieve anything even close to what we've done with Pom Pom and it's kind of the power of both of us together we like add up to you know we're a sum greater than our parts
0: yeah (laughs) but actually also I'm there's been a lot of evolution on that journey I guess that it started off as a kind of creative project and then I guess got quite big and you probably ended up doing lots of different jobs and maybe you've ended up back in more of the creative director role probably through having to also be the people who Wrap things and figure out how to produce things and all of those things. You've managed to maintain your friendship and be good business partners throughout that, and an international move also, Megan.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just I was thinking about recently the the moment when I told Lydia that I was moving away. How did that go? Not really great. <laughs> I feel it like must have been scary for both, both of you. We were both pretty stressed out about it, I think. But I mean, you know, we did it, and it was fine. And actually, it's been good, I think. Yeah. Um, for pom pom.
0: I don't know, Lydia, whether you wanted to have you were kind of co-opted into Megan's answer. <laughs> whether you wanted to um, have a completely different one, which you're also allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I was co-opted. i Megan. Megan said
2: the thing that I couldn't that I hadn't which quite is also got my brain into gear yeah because I was just trying to think I don't know what the, I mean aside from like the the gift of making which I think is pretty much my favorite thing to do in my life is to make things and knitting is not the only way in which I make things but I think it's kind of the it was the first one that I really got into like the first craft that I really kind of like mastered is not really what I mean but like you know the the first craft that I really put a lot of time and energy into enough that it became you know something I could do whilst watching tv or whatever you know I had that real muscle memory um and that's led on to me learning other crafts too and I think that yeah it's it's good that it started with knitting
0: super thank you um, if people want to find out more about pom pom or about you guys specifically how can they do that
2: uh, well you can find us on instagram at pom pom mag mm-hmm. and you can find us our website is pompommag.com. and i think in most of the places we are pom pom mag is that true i can't remember now i
0: probably... Pom, pom mag. everywhere yeah, yeah. And there's also the pomcast
2: of course yes so we yeah. have a podcast which is normally me and uh, Sophie who works with us um, presenting although we do often have other pom-pom people on and guests um, and yeah you can find that as pomcast in I think pretty much all of the podcast related feeds.
0: Thank you so much Megan and Lydia for joining the podcast. Thank
2: you. Yeah thank you so much for having us it's been really
0: nice. Thank you so much for listening to the why i knit podcast if you'd like to find out more about therapeutic knitting you can follow me on instagram at knitting is therapeutic or at my website therapeuticknitting.org where you can also sign up to my newsletter to receive my blog on the themes from series one if you're enjoying the podcast i would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review on your podcast app this will help grow the podcast and let more people know about the therapeutic benefits of knitting and don't forget to subscribe too thank you Thank you.